0: exercise itself. I focus on how I know I'm going to feel after I've done the Uh, exercise. Right? It's like that feel good junkie in me. It's like, you know, it's like I'm focused on the prize, which is that feeling after I work out. And it's like that, you know, I think that once you get bit by that fitness bug and you feel how strong you're, it's like in this body, I mean, how it serves you.
1: Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, The Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. I'm a running coach, a runner, triathlete, mom, and wife, and I'm fascinated by all things movement, mindset, and fitness. Today, I'm talking with Julie Scott. Julie Scott. Julie is a feel-good junkie, a life coach, author, speaker, and founder of It's About Time Baby Coaching. As a recovering people pleaser, Julie is passionate about helping other selfless, overwhelmed, people-pleasing women to radiate anew with energy, confidence, and strength so they can finally feel good doing what they want, release weight, and get healthy while designing a life they truly love without the guilt. In her book, This Time It's About You, Julie shares her own journey of waking up in her 40s to a lukewarm life and an overwhelming feeling of, is this all there is? She took a magnifying glass to her life to identify old limiting, no I can't beliefs and shares how she's replaced them with powerful yes I can beliefs to finally put herself first in life and she's been living her best life ever since. Be sure to stick around to the end of the interview because we have bonus content for you today. After we wrapped up the interview, we started chatting, and I asked permission to turn the mic back on so we could capture some additional wisdom that Julie shared. You won't want to miss this interview. So on with the interview. Here's Julie. Welcome to the show, Julie. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit before we started recording. We have a ton in common. You are a life coach, a speaker, and an author of a new book. Tell us a little bit about your book to start off with.
0: Sure. Um, I published it last year. Um, It came out in October of 2019, and of course, I wrote it prior to that, you know, the year before that. Um, but it's really, it's, it's a book about my own journey in life. Um, it starts out kind of like a memoir of my early years. So kind of, you can kind of get a feel for where I come from. And it, I really explore how I started believing certain things about myself. It's like, I, I kind of split it up into the first part of the book is me discovering all the beliefs that told me, no, I can't. And then the second half of the book is where I kind of woke up in my life and discovered all of these aha moments and things that, you know, really turned my life around and showed me that, yes, I can. So it's the no, I can't versus the yes, I can um, in the book. And so I just kind of share my journey and my uh, aha moments. And I I mean, really, my book is based on, uh, again, my life, but I really am a, I'm, I'm pro age. In other words, I think we just get better as we get older. And I think that, you know, it, you can have, be, and do whatever you want at any age. Um, and it's just whatever you believe is possible for yourself that stands in your way. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just, it, it's really just how I found myself. I, you know, I was lost in my life in my mid forties and a marriage I was unhappy in and a job I hated and living in a city that I didn't want to be in. And I just couldn't understand how I got there. And so it was kind of just unpacking what happened and how did I get there? So taking care of everyone else, but myself is really what I discovered. So
1: is that realization, what caused you to become a life coach? What prompted you to go down that path or were you already a life coach?
0: No, I was not. Um, I, I became a life coach in 2015. I got certified uh, at the end or the beginning of 2016, but you don't actually need to be certified to be a life coach. I just thought it would be nice to have, just know know what I think I don't know. (laughs) Um, But no, I I've always been one of those people though, that, that my friends and colleagues can, can come to for non-judgmental advice. You know, I'm good at listening. Um, And like I said, just kind of, Giving advice if they ask for it. Um, And then when I, uh, I I actually became a coach after I worked with a coach for the first time. And honestly, when I first worked with a life coach, I didn't even know what a life coach was. I had never even heard of that. So um, it was in 2015 that I first worked with a coach. And through that process, working with her, um, I thought to myself, I'm already doing this in my life right now, what she's doing with me, listening asking mm-hmm. me questions to make mm-hmm. me look a little deeper. And, and that's when I realized it's like, wow, I don't, I guess I don't need to do my job that I've been doing for all the you know, I was in sales for many years in my career, uh, corporate sales, very different, different kinds of sales. And once I realized that this was maybe something that I could do, I thought, oh my God. And so this maybe could be another career path for me. And then I started looking into it. And literally at one, one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you know, I'm a life coach. And then I'm not joking. Within a week at the gym, I was talking to a, a handful of people about just being a life coach. <laughs> it was just it was kind of weird how it kind of organically happened. And that's awesome. And then it's kind of brums from there. So
1: that is awesome. So on your website at the very end of your bio, you have a, a great paragraph. It says I'm still on that journey and I always will be because I figured out the big secret in life. All that I want, need, and desire comes from within me. I'm no longer drifting through life, just taking what comes next. And I think that a lot of people, but especially a lot of moms, find themselves in that position. They're always putting other people first, putting their own needs last. What, What do you say to people who come to you and that's how they're feeling?
0: Well... It, you know, it's something that we're taught from when we're young. You know, we, we start, you know, we get uh, that kind of behavior gets reinforced when we're young. It's like you're, you you start doing things that you don't necessarily want to do when you're young, like clean your room. But if you clean your room, you get praise and love and belonging, right? right. Um, so I think that we're kind of taught to what I call become people pleasers, you know, from a very young age. And I also think women were taught that, you know, we're supposed to be able to do it all. We're supposed to be able to bear the children, make the money, clean the house, be clean up, da, 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 you know, and look gorgeous and sexy and blah, 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 all at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> And it's just not realistic. You know, um, it's that idea that you have to, you know, give from a full cup or from the saucer underneath your cup, as opposed to from your cup, because if you're not filling yourself up, you can't keep giving away that that time and energy. So I think it fall, women have, especially moms, that falls on moms more than fathers. I'm not saying that men don't, don't feel this overwhelmed too, but I think that as women in our culture, I think we're kind of taught too that we're supposed to be able to do it all. I mean, I don't know if you remember that, that um, it was an old, think it was a cologne commercial but it's like i can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan and never ever let you forget you're a man right so it's like because i'm a woman right so it's like having to do it all and it's you know i think we just train ourselves to not accept help not ask for help feel like it's weak to ask for help so it's just kind of you know i help i help women reprogram their brains or belief systems around themselves.
1: Yeah. And I do think it's really hard to try to have it all because just in my own personal life, I feel like things just start to crumble when I try to do all the things. There was a time when my kids were really little and my husband and I were both traveling for work and basically we were gone every other week one of us was gone. And it finally we just looked at each other and said, this is not working for our family.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's too yeah. hard.
1: But um, that's a whole different long story <laughs> we could get into another time. But Absolutely. but yeah, I, I think that you do get to that point where women are more programmed maybe to try to take everybody else's feelings and everybody else's needs into account before their own.
0: Well, it's also, I think, about being, I, I think we get sucked into the whole idea of being a good person you know it's like if somebody asks for your help if you're a good person you'll say yes right if someone you know if you really somebody really needs your help you're like well you know even though you may not have the time you'll cram it into your schedule so that you can be a good person or for me part of I know part of what was running me for years is that I wanted you to like me Uh I want I don't like it when people don't like me you know, heaven forbid, someone shouldn't like me, and I mean, what's not to like, right? I mean, so right. I'm, I'm such a nice person. I do all these things for all these people, but yet still, you know, it's, it's the idea you just can't please everyone. And when you try and please everyone, that's when that's how you lose yourself, right? Because you're right. never ever checking in with how you feel or checking in with what do I want. And one of the things that I um, I ask my clients all the time, you know, when they're faced with, you know, I'm. Trying to figure out why they're doing everything. It's like when you're asked to do something I think one of the best things you can do is just slow down for a millisecond and think to yourself Why am I doing this? is it because I need to and need or your know, need falls into another area where it's like do I really need to do this so that they'll like me or do I need to do this so that you know, they'll appreciate me or I'll be valuable or do I want to do this because it feels good for me to do it? I mean, I want to do it because I would do it even if nobody was watching. You know what I, I mean? Because um, I think sometimes we get, um, we also get this distorted view of if I do this for you, then it's, it's, it's conditional. Then, there, then you expect something back. It's like if you're expecting something back, that's not the right reason to be doing something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So. How does somebody start getting past that? Because I think that there's a lot of things in life that you maybe don't want to do or it doesn't fit with your schedule or your lifestyle that you feel like you have to do because of external pressure. But like you're saying, maybe aren't in your best interest to do. How do you get past that and get tough and good at saying no?
0: Well, you know, I think that it's, first of all, it's process. I mean, I'm, I, I still am a, pe- I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> I, I mean, I won't be recovering for the rest of my life, but I mean, I've, I'm getting better at catching myself. But I think what I, I, I was thinking about, how did I get myself started? And you know how you can look around your life, the people in your life, whether it's your spouse or your sisters or brothers or mother or whatever, friends, there's somebody, you, you, you know what people are tough and you know what people are easier, right? Mm-hmm. So I suggest picking a person who is the least scary in your life to start setting a boundary with that person first. You know, like if, you're, if it's your friend who always wants you to go out for drinks on a Sunday night, even though that that's the only night she can go and you've gone with her, you know, four times or whatever. And every time you're just exhausted on Monday as a result, maybe you can say to her, you know what, I can't go. I can't go on Sunday night and have cocktails with you because it's a school night for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and test it out. And and the thing is, is that we just have to trust that it's possible. Like you're going to retrain yourself. You can retrain the people around you. I mean, they're not going to like it. I'm not going to say, because any kind of change people resist, it's like, wait, wait, why are you changing? Why are you? It's like, because I need to do this for me. And in the process of making these changes, I think you have to be open and understand that some people, your relationship with certain people is is going to change because it has to change. And maybe some of those relationships may may become less prominent in your life, or they may even fall away. And if someone decides to not be your friend because you said no to them, then is that really a friend? You know what I mean? It's like I you know right. what I mean, I think we have, I I know a few a few people that I've worked with, they had some lifelong friends that were that were people who totally took advantage of them for decades. And they're like, I, I can't let her go. She's been my friend since we were in, you know, grade school. It's like, yeah, but she also is somebody who loves loves to take advantage of other people. I mean, you know, and if you know what I'm saying, it's it's just it, mm-hmm a lot of it is just getting super honest with yourself. It's like, do you really enjoy what's happening in that relationship? Do you really enjoy the part you're playing and how you feel with that person? You know, it's almost like it's, it could be even your intimate relationship, your husband or your partner. It's like, maybe that's not a good relationship for you too. And I know that's scary to let that go because what if I'm alone? You know, I know I, I hang, I hung on to my marriage for, Longer than I probably should have because I was afraid to be alone. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll never find anybody else. It's like the thing, thing is, is that most of the stories that I have going around in my head were just simply not true.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: but the idea of 99% of what I worry about never happens. Right. <laughs> so it right. just doesn't happen. Right. So we're pretty, I'm pretty convincing to myself. So I get how, you know, I'm sure you're the most convincing person that you know. You of know, course. in your life.
1: Of course.
0: You know? so it's a process.
1: So when we first started talking, you said, and I'm going to probably get this wrong, that y- your book was kind of about the things you can do and the things you... Well, it started, I identified my no I can't beliefs
0: and there then I go. flipped them into my yes I can beliefs.
1: Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about limiting beliefs because mm-hmm. that's basically what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. So can you give us an example of just some of the limiting beliefs that might be holding people back in their lives? Are there some that are among the most common or is it super personalized? I'll tell you the biggest one.
0: I'm, I'm not good enough. Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's like that, that most, I mean, honestly, the, the base of all the things that I work with every single client, and it has been my own base belief too, is that I'm you know, I'm I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. All right. It's like yeah. I'm not enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, you know, fit enough, you know, whatever. I'm not athletic enough. Mm. I'm not, you know, I mean, to speak yeah, to right. your audience. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I mean I that's it's all just these beliefs that just don't serve us, you know? And it's like, and I think too, it's like challenging beliefs in the sense that I I even found beliefs around money that I actually had been given as a child from my parents because I grew up on a farm you know, in a small town and it's like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, the love of money <laughs> is the root of all evil and you know, rich people are assholes. I mean it's just yes. like all right, all the stuff that I that I heard as a child that I took on as my own belief that I never really consciously chose as my belief. Yeah. So I I think that um but anyways, I kinda got off on
1: a tangent with the money, but No, but I know, like it, that because I, I it's funny. I was listening to one of my old podcasts this morning because I was trying to find a, a section of research that I had used at one point. And I had that exact example in the one that I was listening to because I think it's really interesting that people do have limiting beliefs around money. And sometimes that is why when they start a business they or they go go look for a new job and they don't ask for what they're worth. I mean, those are all things you believe about money or your value or whether or not you're enough. So I think that's really a good example.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it, and it it really, what, what, I I think that if every person worked on themselves or worked with a life coach just once or twice in their life, I really think we could change the world because it really teaches you to love yourself because this is something that we're not taught as kids to love ourselves.
1: Well, yeah, because people would say you're so conceited. Exactly. How dare you love yourself.
0: Yes. And it's like, yeah. why is that? Why do we make it about being conceited? It's like, who am I ultimately a hundred percent responsible for me? And who are you ultimately a hundred percent responsible for you? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, and, and that's it. It's like, I'm responsible for my happiness I'm responsible for my health. I'm responsible for my wealth. I'm responsible for it all. And the thing is, is that once you realize that I'm, I'm also a big into manifestation, you are a creator of your life. So it's like everything that you've got in your life right now, you made happen. Whether you want to believe it or not, you made it happen. And, and it can be the best things and it can be the worst things. We always want to take credit for the great stuff. But like that bad stuff, oh, he did this to me or that, that boss didn't give me the promotion I deserved or I, whatever. I mean, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like, sure, there are acts of God, but there are a lot of things that are within our power to create in our life. Just like whatever you focus on grows, right? So if you're focused on, you know, and I ran a marathon, I know if you want to run a marathon, you've got to focus on wanting to run. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to run a marathon, you've got to practice running, you know, and it's like and if you want to, you know, learn to how to say no, you got to practice saying no. Right. And it's uncomfortable and it's it's change and it's different and it can be difficult, but you can do it. And I mean, I have this on my desk. It says, believe you can. And you're halfway there. I think that is like, you know, because if you if you believe it's possible, then you can do anything.
1: Yeah, I've always liked that other quote to the if you think you can or you think yeah. you can't, you're right. Totally. I think I that was like Ford. Exactly Hen- right, but.
0: I think it was Henry Ford who yeah, said that. So. One of the things that I have that I think is a pretty cool tool because I think a lot of people when they hear me talk about people pleaser, like, oh, I'm not a people pleaser. It's like I'm not a people pleaser. It's like, yeah. Yar, <laughs> It's like and I, I have a quiz that I created oh, around awesome. that. Yeah, just and it's on my website. Um it's 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 one of the buttons on my website. You can go and take the quiz. Full disclosure, it will ask you for your email address to get the results. But it's an interesting, you know, if you, if you identify at all with being a people pleaser or you think you may have trouble saying no or taking on more than you, you know, should in life. I mean, there's or if you find yourself apologizing a lot or You know, there's a lot of things, or even if you're a fixer, that's that's also a a kind of a people pleaser
1: uh,
0: trait. So there's, it's just you know, I I was so attracted to this subject because it's so rampant, and I mean, I see it in so many people. I mean, there is degrees of it, of course, but it's everywhere, and it's really just not valuing yourself and making everyone else in your life more valuable than you. Oh, that's
1: a really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So So one of the things I wanted to ask you was related to the things you have control over, how you're, you have control over yourself. I think that applies to how some of the people are reacting right now in quarantine, you know, they're tired of being here. Maybe they've lost their motivation I've asked this question on a couple of my recent episodes lately, and I just think that the responses are so interesting. So I would like to hear what you think in terms of what do you tell somebody who is just so depressed or so lethargic or just can't seem to put one foot in front of the other to get out of their rut that they're in right now? Well, I mean, that's
0: a good question. I mean,
1: it's, and it just depends. I, you know, I don't know. I
0: mean, I, different things will work for different people, but it's like you, re- I mean, for me, I have a whole process of, 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 I recognize something's going on for me. It's like, okay, I feel lethargic. I mean, I, I call myself a feel good junkie in, nice. in life. It's like, I do everything that makes me feel good that, you know? And so it's like, if you're not feeling good, okay. Um, Okay. What, what is it that you need? You know, what is it that you need? Is it, you know, and start, start getting curious about what's going on in your life. Is it the food that you're eating? Is it the alcohol that you're drinking? Um, Is it the lack of water that you're not consuming? Is it the crappy sleep that you're getting falling asleep with a television on, for example? I mean, there's a lot of things that if you just get curious in your life and start making little tweaks little changes. It's like, huh, maybe if I don't lay on the couch and watch Netflix for 10 hours straight, Mm -hmm. maybe I would have more energy. Or maybe if I looked around my house and found one project that I could do, one project a day that has been plaguing me. And we all have that one corner in that closet that looks like a bomb went off, right? Oh, that's not 10 <laughs> it's like, I think it's just about, it's about getting curious about what you could do within your immediate space, because that's the least amount of effort. It's like, okay, look around. Is there something that needs to change in your immediate area? Right? and then beyond that it's like getting curious about how do you want to feel i know you don't like the way you feel right now but how do you want to feel and can you remember a time in your life when you did feel good what was going on for you what were you thinking about what were you doing what what was your body like what was your weight what was your eating habits what was your you know cuz i'm i'm really into health and fitness just like you are mm-hmm. and i mean and the best way you can change your mood is to move You know, I mean, and it's like just any kind of movement, just get up and walk around the living room, get up and walk around your house, get up and walk around the block. You know, even in quarantine, you can go outside and walk
1: around, you know, and it doesn't
0: cost you anything.
1: So I was talking to one of my daughters about alcohol the other day, Mm -hmm. and I have a Garmin watch that has a sleep tracker on it. And I know a lot of different tracking devices have something that tracks your sleep. And I was showing her, that I can tell by the stats that show up on my sleep tracker if I have had something to drink that night. And it doesn't even have to be like, Oh, I went out and got drunk. It could be like, yeah. I had a drink, a glass of wine or two yeah. and it affects your quality of sleep. So even if you aren't going out and thinking that you're you know, getting drunk and do it, it doesn't even take that. It's sometimes it's the little things that can make you feel better.
0: I totally agree. In fact, that's one of the things that you know. I've because you know I've I've I used to have issues with my weight and body image when I was younger, and um, I kind of got a grip on that. But I also this was my whole process of learning about my own body. You know, getting really in touch with my own body. Like, what kind of food works for my body? Well, how much water? You know, what how much alcohol or not? Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I know I'm just like that. If I have one glass of wine. My sleep pattern is completely off that night and I know that it is and it affects digestion and all kinds of different things for me So for that reason, I don't drink Monday through or Sunday through Thursday So Mm -hmm. Sunday through Thursday, I don't drink but I only allow myself to drink on Friday and Saturday because I do like I like to have a buzz I like to laugh. I like to do whatever but I also know that I can have fun without alcohol, right? right? And, you know, I get high on life now. I get high on exercise. I get high on whatever. And, um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think that, you know, if you really pay attention and you're really honest with yourself, you know, alcohol interrupts your sleep for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my partner, when he he drinks, he snores like he's cutting through a (laughs) redwood. It's like, I
1: I might have to have my husband track that one.
0: Does he snore as well?
1: No, he says I do. Oh. <laughs> and he'll hit me. He'll he'll like, you shove me. Roll over onto your side. You're snoring again. Yeah, I do the
0: same. I
1: might have to check that out and see if there's any correlation there.
0: I'm sure there is.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So, you ran a marathon.
0: I did.
1: Would you tell us how old you were when you ran that first marathon? Um, it was in
0: 2001. So that was 19 years ago. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I was 33.
1: Okay. So you were still pretty young.
0: Yeah. But I mean, it did. I mean, honestly though, it was, I, before that I never was a runner. Okay. I never was a runner. Um, and I honestly, I couldn't run to the stop sign. When I first, you know, like a block, I would be so out of breath, and I was like, and so I literally would like run to the stop sign, run to the first tree, run to the next tree, then run to the end of the block, and you know, and I built up that endurance. Um, yeah, I mean, running is, I mean, I definitely had the experience of that runner's high. I did, because you know, I would do shorter runs during the week too, mm-hmm. and I was training with another. Well, a friend of mine, and then on the weekends we would run separately and do a longer run just to kind of get some distance, right? And I remember the longest run I did before I ran the marathon, I think was um, fourteen or fifteen miles, maybe or sixteen miles. I think yeah. was the longest long yeah. run that I did before I did the whole marathon. And um, and during that run, it was. It was the coolest thing. Like at one point I couldn't even feel my feet or my legs. And I just felt like I was just floating and running. It was amazing. And then right after that, I hit the wall. (laughs) That proverbial wall where I was like, Oh, you know, I probably pushed myself a little too hard on that particular run. But during those few moments that I had that runner's high, it was awesome.
1: Oh, I know. Isn't that the best? I had one several years ago now where I was just sure it was my best race to ever. And then I hit a wall, probably really close to 16 or 18 miles. And (sighs) I was like, Oh man, I was I thought I was, I thought it was my day. And then it just, everything fell apart. So yeah, I know I
0: walked home from there. (laughs) 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 I struggled doing that.
1: (laughs) But you are no stranger to picking up new things later in life. You did. A bodybuilding competition, a bodybuild- bikini competition. Yeah,
0: bikini. Yeah, I did. Um, when it was right after I turned fifty, um, I I was working out at the gym and I saw a, a friend of mine uh, who I'd seen there for a while. All of a sudden, I, I hadn't seen her for several months, and then she was training with this trainer, and her body was completely different, and I was like, whoa, Joanne, what are you doing? I mean, she looked incredible. I mean, she started getting, she was, had cuts in her arms. I was like, wow, and she says, yeah, I'm training for a, a bikini competition, and I was like, what's that? Again, I don't even know what that is, right? So I, I Googled it, went home and Googled it, and I was like, oh, 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 oh that it looks really scary. It um, does. But at the same time, it was exciting, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if I could do that." And so I asked her, "I'm like, can you do it if you're in your 50s?" She was, "Yeah, you can do it at any age." And so I decided that I was going to do it, and um, like a crazy woman, I, I went after it. For I trained for four months in the gym and um, ended up, you know, getting down to like, you know, my, I dropped my body fat significantly I think it down I think I think the average body fat is around 20 23 or 24 percent and I got down to like 11 and a half wow percent body fat um but it's like a whole it was a whole other thing but I mean it was talk about something to believe in yourself I mean I you know I wasn't doing it to win I was doing it to I mean to me getting up on the stage in a bikini under bright lights. To be judged, if I can just get there, I have won. <laughs> it's <Great>. like winning. <laughs> so it was uh, – and then I did it again the next year, um, and then I won. I, I won a wow. of, uh of the divisions and things like that the second time because I learned more about it. But I just wanted to see what I could do, and I think it's important to give yourself some sort of a challenge and it's something – a goal – now, uh, like a smart goal. Like you, you've mentioned, mm-hmm. I heard in one of your recent episodes, you know, something that's measurable, you know, achievable, all of that. And it's, it, it will push you and, it, and you'll, I think you'll surprise yourself as to what you can actually accomplish. You just set a goal and go for it. And that's, and I'll tell you what, that completely changed my body For I mean, that was what, four years ago and I'm still within about eight, eight pounds of what I weighed when I was on, Stage, I don't have the same body fat, but I mean, I still, I mean, I, I mean, I still have a lot of definition mm-hmm. from just that whole process. It's like, it just changed my body. And by the way, lifting heavier weights, if you're decreasing your calories makes you get much smaller. See, I think women think if they lift heavy weights, they're going to bulk up mm-hmm. only if you're eating like 3000 calories a day. <laughs> it's like, cause that's how the guys get big. They eat lots of calories. And so anyways,
1: Crazy. Crazy. Well, I think that's a really cool story just because I did a whole series of podcasts last summer when I was fascinated by some of the stories that were coming out of the senior games last summer. Oh yeah. And so I did a whole series just trying to encourage people that you can't be afraid to try new things and that age doesn't matter. Like if there's something you want to do, it doesn't matter how old you are, just Do it.
0: There's a a woman that holds the Guinness book of world records for holding a plank, you know, like a, a plank Uh on your elbows. She held it for three hours or something like that. And she's in her seventies and she started exercising and working out in the gym after she turned 65. So within a very short period of time, she got herself physically fit enough to be able to hold a plank for three hours. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I I know of a woman who's in her late late sixties who's a, who became a pole dancer just recently. I mean, she has a pole dancing studio. I mean, I really do believe that you can do anything at any age. It's just what you think about yourself is what will stand in your way without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I interviewed somebody for the podcast a couple years ago who became a client. Who for her fiftieth birthday decided to do something she was calling the fifty for fifty, and it was fifty new things in her fiftieth <sighs> year. And then she wow. documented it, it, documented it, and on a blog. And I just thought it was so interesting. She had her friends help her come up with the list, and I thought that's really cool. One, awesome. I don't know that I would let my friends come up with my list. <laughs> And 250 is really ambitious. That's a great, I, I, I love that. I mean, to me,
0: it's like, how many times do you do things in your daily life where you actually feel alive? Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. feeling alive, like that, that, you know, where your heart's pounding Your, you know what I mean? It's like, think about it. I mean, it's like what are we doing if we're not at least touching that once in a while? You know, get that feeling of like vitality and strength. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's people that are really missing that feeling right now. And maybe I'm wrong, but I am doing a new running challenge. It is called Ready to Launch 5K Challenge. We're going to start it July 1st. But that is exactly what I'm going for with the challenge. Not even, you know focusing on time or distance or completing a real 5k, just helping people capture that feeling that you get when you're pursuing a goal.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, another thing that I get asked a lot, you know, because I exercise pretty regularly, like I would say five to seven times a week, depending on Mm -hmm. how I feel. Right. And they're like, how do you get yourself to exercise? How do you? And I'm like, yeah, I don't focus on, on, you know, the actual exercise itself. I focus on how I know I'm going to feel after I've done uh-huh. the exercise. Right. It's yeah. like that feel good junkie in me. It's like, you know, it's like I'm focused on the prize, which is that feeling after I work out. And it's like that, you know, I think that once you get bit by that fitness bug and you feel how strong and you're know, it's like in this body, I mean, how it serves you, you know, thanklessly a lot of times right throughout your life it's like give it some love and give it some you know help it build some energy and strength for you you're just gonna feel so much better
1: so I bet you could use that same thought for changing a lot of behaviors you know that how are you going to feel after you stand up to that mom who always bullies you at school Excellent. or how are yeah. you going to feel after whatever it is you you say no to going on the field trip and you have all day to do whatever it is that you wanted to work on.
0: You're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you picked up on that because that is actually the essence of coaching in general. It's like, how, you know, how do you feel right now? It's like, mm, I don't feel good. It's like, how do you want to feel? Right. And it's like, okay. So if, the, if you want to feel, you know, full of life, full of energy, optimistic about life, you know, full of possibility, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What steps do you need to take to feel that way, and and align your actions in your life to go towards that goal of feeling that way, and that that's really the essence of of making change in your life, and it's also the the, the basis of manifestation. You know, it's like, okay, how do you want to feel when you know I want to? What do you want? Okay, I want a million dollars. How is that going to make you feel? It's going to make me feel abundant, secure. Da, 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 okay. So you want to feel abundant and secure. Great. Cause the money is just a byproduct of, of getting, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you want to feel a certain way. And it's like, and that is the driver to get you to where you want to go, because let's face it. We all want to feel good in every area of our life.
1: So to get started or just as a regular daily practice, do you have people write in journals or write affirmations or repeat mantras what's a common way to remember this way of thinking
0: well um i it, it just depends on what every, you know the person is into cuz some people aren't journalers mm-hmm. um But I, I am a, I am a journaler and I do believe that it's a good idea just to start by being grateful for the things that you have, because then that gets you in the feeling of feeling good. Like if you sit around and think about the things that you're grateful for, it's impossible to feel bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like getting into that feeling good mindset first. Um, I also am a huge fan as you know, depending on what thing you want to change in your life. And again, with a lot of the women that I work with, it's usually something about them physically, you know, they want to lose weight, you know, they want to get in shape, they want to feel better about themselves, they want to take their life back. You know, I get them to actually affirmations are great. But if you do them in front of the mirror, they're so much more powerful. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. So um, I would, I would give that as a, as a suggestion. And I got that from Louise Hay, who's a you know, okay. very famous writer. Um, she calls it mirror work, surprisingly, um, but you, you know, you go in front of the mirror and, and you, you know, you have your affirmations of what you want to create in your life. You know, I am strong. I am fit, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I am beautiful, you know, um, or even for me, one of the toughest ones when I first started this work was looking deep into my own eyes and saying, I love you. Hmm. It took me a long time to say that without crying. And, you know, I think it's just because of some of the deep things Mm -hmm. I needed to work on for myself. So if you can go and look at yourself in the mirror and, and, you know, with seriousness and love in your eyes and look into your own eyes and say, I love you without crying, then you're in a good place. (laughs) I really do think that, you know, so, but I mean, yeah, I think those are some of the things that that I find uh, help me to move forward and would be something that anyone could do mirror work or uh, some gratitude journaling to get you started.
1: Great ideas. So I have one more question I'm going to ask you, but before I get to that question, what, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I forgot to ask?
0: Um, no, I mean, I think that we covered a lot, a lot of different Mm -hmm. subjects. Um, so no, I feel like we've done a a nice job with this conversation.
1: All right. Well, if there, if people want to find you, Mm -hmm. what, where can they find you you and how do they work with you?
0: Yeah. I mean, right now I'm actually, um, I'm running a pilot course. Um, it's an eight week program called feel good junkies. And it's an eight week program for around mindset, uh, health and manifestation. And so I'm just sharing all of my knowledge and experience that, that I've used for myself over the years and I'm applying it to this group. And like I said, I'm running the pilot right now. So I'm I have eight women who are being kind enough to help me build it, but that's going to be going live, um, uh, the first of September. Awesome. So that, that will be opened up to the public then. Um, And also I do one-on-one coaching of course, and I do have online workshops that I run occasionally too, but you can find me at my website. And my website is called itsabouttimebaby.com. So that's my uh, website and there you can find the quiz. If you're curious about whether or not people pleasing is running your life at all, um, you can check out the quiz there. You can also get my book there. There's a book tab, and you can also get the book on Amazon as well if you have Prime, if you want. you know, For me, I'll sign it. If it comes through me, I'll sign the book as long as I still have supplies and book. And, uh, yeah, that's
1: it. Great. Well, last question then. Power Up Your Performance is all about learning how to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. What are three traits that you believe all champions possess?
0: Uh, Well, I think number one – you got to believe in yourself. So believing in yourself, believing it's possible. Number two, you have to commit, commit to the change that you want or commit to whatever it is you want for yourself and then consistently showing up for you. So those things, believe in yourself, commit and be consistent.
1: This is where Julie and I said our goodbyes, but then we kept on chatting and I really loved what she had to say. So I asked permission to quickly turn the mic back on. So here's the end of our conversation.
0: Yeah. I think one of the most important things that we can do um, for ourselves is, is to really look back and celebrate our wins. Because I think so often we're moving so fast and we're like, we're so focused on what we haven't done. It's like, wait, just take a breath, slow down and look back on all the things that you have done. Wow. I mean, Look at those beautiful children that you made. Look at this wonderful home that you created for, you know, and look at what a great community leader you are or whatever that is for mm-hmm. yourself, you know, go back and just celebrate those wins and do it often. And I do that a lot by going through my, um, my journal because I try and write down everything that has been a win for me. And so that I can go back, especially on the days where I'm feeling like crappy, I'll go back and look back and go, wow, wow. I actually was jamming just three months ago, <laughs> you know, or whatever, two months ago. So yeah, just, I just think that's a good one to, to remind yourself of.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great one too, for athletes, because I ask all of my runners to keep a journal. And this is one of the reasons I ask them to do it. I don't know how many people really follow through because I don't make them show it to me because I think, you know, it's personal. It's for them. Sure. But that's one of the things I tell them is that the week that you're going through your taper for marathon, like if you're a marathoner, go yeah. back through your training journal and write down, look at all the things that I asked you to write down about yourself throughout yeah. that time because it's yeah. like a highlight reel and you're going to remember that you really did work hard and you deserve to be there on race.
0: Absolutely, and it's uh, and you draw on that energy from you know the word and especially if it's written in your handwriting. You see it, you know, you wrote it down. You were, And you remember how you felt when you wrote it down. It kind of takes you right back there. And then you can just draw on that energy and stand up taller and just power through whatever it is you're standing in front of now.
1: Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run. And you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.